Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast from March 22nd, 2018. And it is a six-game slate, kind of a weird scheduling quirk because the New Orleans Pelicans are playing on the tail end of a back-to-back-to-back. It's going to be their third consecutive game in a row, which I don't ever remember seeing. But they had that game that was canceled early in the year, and that was the one that was rescheduled for Wednesday night. And they actually did a poncho giveaway at the stadium. So I don't know if that was a coincidence or not, but it's it's pretty funny if it wasn't intentional. Uh, so six games for tomorrow. First game on the slate. Always exciting. The Memphis Grizzlies. Everybody loves Memphis this time of year. The Grizzlies rested Marcus Soul Wednesday night. And, uh, I mean, they rested Tyreek Evans Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, they're going to rest Marcus Soul and play Tyreek Evans. So Evans is at 7,900. I think there's upside in him as a GPP play. It's just hard to feel really confident rostering him. I, I don't think you should be way overweight on him or you have a ton of exposure to, but I can't recommend fading him either because he scores over 45 fantasy points per 36 minutes without Marcus Hall on the court. And as recently as last week, we saw Tyreek Evans play 38 minutes in a game. So I, I think there's upside in Evans. I think there's a ton of downside also. So if you want to be really risk-adverse, you don't roster them, except there is certainly upside there. Uh, from the big men, Ivan Rabb missed Wednesday's game. If he's out, then it's going to be more minutes for guys like Deontay Davis, Jermichael Green, and Jarrell Martin. I think Davis is a good value play if he starts at center. We just don't really know that to be the case because there has been times where they've gone with Jermichael Green at center and Jarrell Martin at power forward. Uh, I'm assuming Deontay Davis starts at center, but... Don't know that 100% right now. Uh, from the Charlotte side of the game, I think Kemba Walker is a fine target, 8,200. And I think that Dwight Howard is a fine target, 7,700. The Grizzlies are good against centers this year, but a lot of it is because Marcus Gasol is a really good defensive player. Without Gasol, it's a much easier matchup for Howard. And Kemba Walker, 8,200, also kind of an easier matchup for him than most people would think with Gasol out. It's not a direct defense uh, in terms of Gasol guarding Kemba Walker in most situations, but Gasol just is a good help side defender, and he when he's on the court, it improves all of the Grizzlies' defense. So, Matt, how do you feel about targeting Grizzlies tomorrow? Well, I'll say this right off the top first, just about the slate in general. There are a couple situations where if we don't get injury clarity, it makes this slate really difficult. It's just tough to play NBA DFS this time of year outside of kind of exceptional circumstances, and we might have those with the Pelicans and Rockets. But as far as this game, um, I do think that it's a boost quite a bit to the Hornets with Marcus Gasol not playing, especially Dwight Howard because of the individual matchup. Um, With Deontay Davis, it might be a... I think the ideal situation for him would be coming off the bench with Ivan Rabb not available because then he can avoid a lot of that direct matchup against Dwight Howard. And I think he'd still play a good amount of minutes because the Grizzlies just don't have a lot of big men if Gasol is out and if Ivan Rabb is out. So if Martin and Jermichael Green start, then Davis could play, let's say, 25 to 30 minutes off the bench. Maybe that's a little optimistic, but let's call it 25 minutes off the bench. And maybe only a few of those would be directly against Dwight Howard. He'd be going against the Hornets' second unit, which would be a lot easier for him um, maybe a little bit higher usage, too, if he's not sharing the court as much with Tyreek Evans. So Davis is a strong value play, I think, regardless, as long as Rab is out. But I might actually like him a little bit more off the bench. Um, and then I agree with you on Tyreek Evans. There's a lot of upside for him with the usage bump. There's a lot of downside, too. 
it's kind of hard to say how much of him it makes sense to roster. Um, this is very dependent, though, on what happens with these uh, Rockets and Pelicans injuries. Yeah, the well, there's no real Pelicans injuries. We're just right speculating that something weird might happen because it's the tail end of a back-to-back-to-back. Uh, next game on the slate, the Philadelphia 76ers at the Orlando Magic. Uh, Brett Brown said today for the Sixers that they are going to rest Joel Embiid down the stretch. He said he doesn't know when it's going to be, but they are going to do it, except he did say that Embiid is going to play uh, Wednesday night's game and Thursday night's game. Also, last I looked, the Sixers were up by a pretty decent amount. Yeah, they're up 30 points on the Grizzlies right now. So, uh, Good old Grizzlies. So, yeah, so I, uh, I think that Embiid will get rest in the fourth quarter, and he'll be fine to play regular minutes tomorrow. A uh, good guy to pay up for at 9,900 against the Magic. Not a good defensive team, and Embiid, lots upside, and a good amount of securing him, too, as long as the games stay close. He doesn't really have a lot of doves this year. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, really, the only thing that hurts him is a blowout or if they're just limiting his minutes for whatever reason, but should be good for tomorrow. Uh, from the Orlando side of the game, tough matchup for Vucevic, Gordon. Uh, with going up against Embiid in the front court, so I think that they're fine to stay away from. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is out, and uh, who? Oh, and uh, and Jonathan Isaac's out. So Isaac's been starting. So Mario Azonia is probably going to start in his place, or start in place of uh, possible. I guess it doesn't matter which guy he starts in place of. He's probably going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, more minutes for Augustine and Mac also. So I think all of Shelvin Mack, Mauro Hizonia, and TJ Augustine are all better plays with Jonathan Simmons out. And then, of course, Fournier likely not not going to play again this year. So a lot of minutes available in the Orlando backcourt. Yeah, I think it's kind of tough from a lineup construction perspective to roster Augustine, Mack, and Hizonia. Because I think they're all going to take away production from each other a little bit. Um, Mack and Augustine would have the strongest negative correlation. So I think... I think I'd want to roster Hazonia with one of Mac or Augustine. If you're game stacking, maybe you would use them all, but I don't really think this is a good stack spot because Orlando has Vucevic and Gordon there, so it's it's a little less usage for both of them. Uh, one thing that Gordon being active does do, though, is it boosts the pace a little bit. So I think that that actually slightly improves the matchup for Joel Embiid, and it also reduces the blowout risk just a little bit. The Sixers are only seven-point favorites. That line would probably be about nine or ten if Aaron Gordon weren't playing. Totals two twelve and a half. That might be two oh nine or two ten if Gordon weren't playing. Um, so it helps the Sixers side of the game a little bit to have Aaron Gordon there. And I think Embiid is just worth considering on almost any slate anyway. This is a strong matchup, so I'd probably want to roster Embiid with Hazonia and then one of the other Orlando guards. Anybody else from the Sixers that you would want to play or no? For, for me, it's kind of just Embiid, which is generally the status quo for how I approach the Sixers. Yeah, I think Simmons is okay to consider, but I'd only want to use him for a game stack. So if you're using Ben Simmons, then you probably also want to throw in Vucevic or Aaron Gordon just to get extra game correlation. For the most part, though, I think it's just those guys. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that makes sense. So the next game we have here is the Lakers at the Pelicans. I find it hard to come up with an idea on what I expect for fatigue for the Pelicans tomorrow. Like, how much do we downgrade these players? How much do we downgrade their defense? It is a home game, except this is the third game in a row that they're going to be playing. Uh, if I remember correctly, they played a game two game two nights before the last game also, so this could actually be a, 
a fourth game and five nights situation for them. I, I think that figures to hurt their defense, and they generally play at a really fast pace. This seems like a really good spot for the Lakers' offense to make. It's just a little unsure exactly who would want to target. I think Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, I think those are the three best options. And then from the Pelicans' side of the game, I, I don't think it's impossible if they end up sitting Anthony Davis in this game. I don't have, I don't have like a source for that or anything. I I think that it's like I said, three games in a row. Anthony Davis has been playing a lot of minutes. He gets banged up a decent amount. This isn't really a high leverage game for the Pelicans. They're they have a decent lead for a playoff spot right now. They're not competing with the Lakers for a spot. So I would be very cautious rostering Anthony Davis here. If nothing else, because even if he does play, I think fatigue could be an issue. Uh, I, I think Drew Holiday is a pretty good target at 7,800. Uh, Nikola Mirotic for GPPs at 5,500. But I'm definitely wary of fatigue as an issue for the Pelicans in this spot. How would you approach them, Matt? And how much do you downgrade them? Well, if we know any news before the game then that changes everything. I mean, there's potentially slight changing news here where if Anthony Davis sits or anyone else on the Pelicans sits, then we kind of just have to adjust to whatever that is. Um, so there's not really much we can speculate on there other than if Anthony Davis is out, then Nikola Miritich is the strongest play on the entire slate for sure. Um, I guess we, we haven't gotten to the Rockets yet, but Miritich would be a really good play if Davis is out. Um, I would definitely be very interested in the Lakers side, but I'm kind of concerned that the the fatigue actually slows the pace down. Um, not to the point where I wouldn't roster the Lakers, but I am a little wary of a game stack, unless Davis is out, because then Miritich, I don't think, would have as much of a, of a fatigue problem because he just doesn't play as many minutes. Davis and Holiday and Rondo play a lot more minutes, at least recently. Um, this is only the second game in a row for Drew Holiday, though, because he was sick yesterday. But he's also been dealing with, I think it's the flu that he has. So... Two games in a row with the flu is probably harder than three games in a row at full health. So I'm, I'm definitely wary of Holiday, even though he actually got one game off. I think the way I would approach it is just kind of see what the Pelicans say throughout the day. Like, I, I can't imagine that they don't clarify if there's a minutes restriction or if they're going to hold someone out or something. It doesn't seem likely that we'll go into lock just having no insight from New Orleans at all. So I, it kind of just seems like a read and react sort of thing. But as far as the Lakers, I'm with you on the three guys you said. I think Brooke Lopez is also worth considering. Even at 6,700, it's a really strong matchup. Caldwell Pope at 6,200. Um, but as far as game stacking, I think I'd want more clarity on the situation before deciding on that. And if we do have clarity on the situation, then I think it could make for a really strong stack spot. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just kind of eyeing the box score right now. Uh, this is the worst. I mean, we're only... Uh, we're only just the beginning of second quarter. But Anthony Davis, two points, three rebounds, and a block right now. This is one of the worst games he's probably had all year. And I definitely think that we could attribute some of that to fatigue. So definitely a lot of concerns there for me. Um, uh, before we game. move on to the next game, though, I okay. think there are a couple of Pelicans that are worth considering in a situation where we don't know really what's going on minutes-wise. I think Etwan Moore and Meritich should get usage and minutes bumps if – the regular Pelican starters, and I guess more as a starter, but just their high usage players are playing tired or playing less or whatever. I think Moore and Meritich are the guys, and maybe even Czech Diallo. I think all of those guys could have increased roles. Yeah, well, Diallo for sure if uh, Davis doesn't play. And Diallo per minute has been really ridiculous yeah. this year when he 
the court. He just doesn't always get that playing time. Yeah, Diallo's uh, actually been their best player tonight, so uh, he could be really, really chalky if Davis ends up sitting, but I, I think he's probably a really good play anyway. Uh, let's see, what do the minutes look like right now? Yeah, still, it's going to be nine first half minutes for Czech Diallo, seven points, five rebounds, and a block. So we'll see how that goes. I also, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if we position where Diallo starts at some point and Davis starts a power forward, just because Diallo's been so much better than uh, Mecca Okafor. Yeah, I have uh, no interest in a Mecca Okafor for this game, uh, kind of no matter no, what no, happens. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not. Uh, next game here is the Detroit Pistons and Houston Rockets. Uh, from the Pistons side of the game, I think that Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin are both okay targets. I think that they're kind of fairly priced here. The issue with them for me is going to be blowout risk. But the blowout risk might not be as high as it normally would be in this spot because Chris Paul is questionable. Chris Paul, uh, with about a minute or so left in the Rockets last game, started limping and holding his hamstring. And it looks like there's a pretty good chance it holds him out of tomorrow because he's questionable. With where the Rockets are in the standings, I think it's way more likely that Paul ends up sitting than playing. So that would make James Harden the best guy to have for on the slate at 11,600. Eric Gordon would be a fine target, 6,100. I don't think that he'd be, like, some must-play great guy, except that 6,100, definitely a better play with Chris Paul out than if Chris Paul plays. And if Paul plays, then Gordon would be totally off the table for me, but a pretty decent target if Paul's out. Uh, Do you think that 6,100 is too expensive for Gordon, or do you think that he's still a good play at that price? I think he's a good play if Paul's out. But it's worth mentioning that he's actually only 4700 on FanDuel. We usually just focus on DraftKings. But Gordon is, I think, a must-play on FanDuel if Paul is sitting. On DraftKings, though, I think he's a pretty good play, and he's worth having a good amount of exposure to. But um, I definitely prefer Miritich as the best value play if Anthony Davis is out compared to Eric Gordon if Chris Paul is out. Um, the other thing that's notable for this game is that if Chris Paul's defense is missing, then the game is it's going to be better for fantasy purposes for both sides. Um, there isn't really a good direct beneficiary on the Pistons side, though, because Reggie Jackson is back. Although, did he get hurt again last game? Um, I think it was a. I think he kind of got hit in the face or something. I think he's fine. But if Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith are splitting minutes, then you can't really use either of them. But the pace could go up without Chris Paul, too, and maybe it just if things are easier on the point guards, it's also a little easier for Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. So I'm a little more inclined to stack the game if Paul is out. There probably are better stack spots, but definitely uh, Harden and Eric Gordon are the strong plays, and then maybe it's worth considering some Pistons exposure, too. Yeah, I, I think uh, for the Pistons guys, I wouldn't use them without Harden, and I wouldn't use them unless Chris Paul is out also. Do you think that those would be the same kind of situations that you would only want to use them in also? Um, I think I'd be okay rostering, let's say, Blake Griffin and Eric Gordon together without James Harden, but Harden could potentially be in almost every lineup we would make anyway, so I guess it wouldn't really come to that. But definitely, I definitely think you want to have, if you're using a Pistons player, at least one of Gordon and Harden in the lineup, maybe both. Uh, also, there's less blowout risk if Paul doesn't play, so the correlation makes sense. And obviously, if the Rockets still end up blowing out the Pistons, it's not a great situation for Griffin or Drummond. So, yeah, I think I'm only interested in Detroit for game stacks. All right, the next game here, this is uh, a pretty shitty game that I'm kind of curious how people are going to approach. The Utah Jazz at the Dallas Mavericks. 
the last Utah game was very low scoring, except happened to uh, just for whatever reason put out a bunch of really big fantasy performances. Uh, from the Utah side of the game, I think Rudy Gobert is fine to roster at 8,300. I don't really see a lot of value in anybody else here. And from the Dallas side of the game, it's such a tough matchup playing against Utah. I know Dennis Schroeder had a big game last time, except it's not like the Hawks even scored that many points in that game. It just so happened to be that Dennis Schroeder scored a lot of fantasy points. Uh, I'm fine with being off the Mavericks. Yeah, it's definitely a bad spot for the Mavericks. Um, the Jazz, I don't even know if I like Gobert that much. I guess he's a fine play, but we're going to have other players. Well, I don't know about his price range, but I think we're probably looking at more of a stars and scrubs approach, or at least like stars and then lower mid-tier where it's like Harden, and then we're looking at Gordon and um, Miritich potentially in the mid-tier, and then some punt plays too. So I just don't think it makes too much sense to roster anyone in kind of that eight to 10,000 range. Um, and if I'm using someone around that price, I'd probably just go up from Gobert to Embiid. So I think Gobert is an okay fringe play, and he definitely is the player I have the most interest in from the game. But overall, I just think it's a pretty easy game to avoid. All right. Uh, final game on the slate, the Atlanta Hawks, the Sacramento Kings. So my thoughts are this is the best game to stack and the most annoying game to stack, if that makes sense. Because from the Atlanta side of the game, we have Damian Lee is starting for them now. He's at 3,200. It's a plus matchup. He's not particularly good, I don't think, as a player, Damian Lee, except somebody in a plus matchup that's going to get a lot of minutes should be able to put up a good game. He did very well. I mean, he played a bunch of minutes against the Jazz, even though he didn't play well. Uh, but that's a much tougher matchup than against the Kings. Uh, we also have Dennis Schroeder at 6,500. I don't really know what to make of Schroeder because his minutes have been all over the place. In close games that the Hawks have wanted to lose, they've gone as far as to sit out Schroeder for almost entire second halves. So in a game that's pretty important for draft positioning, how much are they going to let Schroeder play? I wouldn't use him in cash games. I think he's worth using in GPPs, definitely in game stacks. Uh, I also think Dwayne Dedman, 5600 is a little more expensive than what he's been, except there's no John Collins right now. Dedman scores over fantasy point per minute, so... I still think that there's upside in him at that price tag. From the Kings side of the game, uh, they've already ruled out Garrett Temple. Zach Randolph is questionable to play. I think there's probably a pretty good chance that Zebo ends up sitting. So that would make Scal a good play. They'll make Cauley Stein a good play. Uh, there would be probably some extra usage for guys like De'Aaron Fox and Bogdan Bogdanovich and Buddy Heald, just because Zebo uses up so much usage when he's on the court and generally doesn't really do too many good things with it. He just takes a lot of bad shots. Uh, but the, the King side of the game, it's it's just, it's difficult to go into lock not knowing what the status of guys like Costa Kufis and Zach Randolph are because of the impacts that they could have on guys like Scal and Willie Cauley-Stein, who I think could potentially be really good plays. So what do you think of this game, Matt? Well, I think Cauley-Stein is a good play no matter what because he's playing his minutes kind of in any situation regardless of if Kufus and Randolph are there, at least when Kali Stein's been healthy, maybe he only gets like 25 minutes if Randolph ends up playing, but he could get 30 to 35 minutes if he's the only guy there. So I think he's got a pretty high floor anyway and a really high ceiling if the Kings do rest their frontcourt guys. So I like Kali Stein no matter what. I think Damian Lee is cheap enough and starting that he's worth having a good amount of exposure to. 
Um, I probably prefer Mike Muscala to Dwayne Dedman. Muscala's played just about 30 minutes in two consecutive games, clearly benefiting from John Collins not being there. And he's cheaper than Dedman. Uh, I think it's just decent floor and maybe not the most upside for Muscala, but just a little too cheap. So I'd, I'm, I'm fine with rostering him. I don't think I would use Dennis Schroeder, though, because he probably is going to be pretty high-owned coming off that monster game in Utah. I think a lot of people will figure that if he can put up 50 fantasy points against the Jazz on the road, he should be able to put up at least close to that against the Kings. But the problem is this game does matter a lot, like you said, for draft position, and the Hawks might just not let him play very much because they prefer to lose. And if he's going to be at all chalky, then I think there's a lot of potential upside in not having him. So I won't say I'd completely fade him, but I'm leaning towards fading him at least for the most part because... I think that he'll be kind of popular. And if you're not using Schroeder, then maybe you use someone also like Isaiah Taylor or Tyler Dorsey. Um, Taylor's still pretty cheap. I think Dorsey's price has gone up a bit. Uh, No, they're both 3,700. So I think it might make sense to have one or the other. Um, I'll say, though, I wouldn't stack this game. There's no one to really pay up for in it. And I think that from just like an overall points perspective, the Rockets game or the Pelicans game are just going to be better games to find players. And I think from this game, I just want to throw in two or three guys, maybe one from each team in most lineups, just take some flyers because, like we've said, it's it's a very unpredictable situation for both of these teams. All right. So that is going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GIRNBERGDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense, and we'll be back for Friday's slate.